Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast. My name is Jeremy Albrecht, and we've hit a cool milestone in that this is episode 25 of the Leadership Matters Podcast. We celebrate that today. We want to thank you for tuning in each episode and sharing this, liking it, doing what you've done to help us get the message of this podcast out there to leaders. Uh, We've entitled this particular episode, Maximum Impact with Little or Minimal Resources. I want to jump right in here. And I was thinking back to when I started out in full-time church ministry as a a paid leader. Um, I was thinking back to those early days. And I, to be honest with you, I had this desire to make this massive impact. I, I didn't want to just do this. I wanted to do it well similar to you, I'm sure. And I wanted to have this great impact in my, in my church, in my community. And so I can remember as a, as a real young uh, rookie youth pastor, I started asking any student, every student in the church, outside the church, wherever I was, I started asking this one question. And that was this, what would the coolest, most life-changing, impactful, sickest youth ministry look like if money was no object? And I'd have students in in vehicles, we'd be traveling to an event or even just going out to run some errands or they'd be over at our house or whatever the case may be. But anytime I was within close proximity to students, I would ask them this question. And again, it didn't matter if they were part of the church, outside the church. I just started asking this question and then I would shut up and listen. And strangely enough, what I found out over time and repeated um, answers to this question uh, Here's what I found with, with the responses that I got. I began to realize right away as I listened to these responses that all of their responses were, were things to do with culture and people. And that kind of shocked me early on. It doesn't shock me nearly as much now as I've almost been doing this 20 years now in full-time ministry. But back then, uh, almost 20 years ago to, to the day, um, it, it was significantly um, a huge shock to me to to realize that people weren't talking about the things that I thought maybe they would that would cost a lot of money. What I did hear in people's responses repeatedly over and over and over again was this. I, I heard things like, like, hey, we, we'd love it just an environment that was warm, an atmosphere that was friendly, inclusive, that was fun. I heard these types of words, no clicks, non-judgmental. You know, and this is all, as you think about this, this is all people stuff. This is, this is stuff, um, this is culture-related topics, ideas, themes, whatever you want to call it, which, which was so weird to me because we often use the excuse um, when we don't think we're impacting lives as significantly as we would want to, we often use the excuse that it's because we have limited or no or minimal resources. And that's, and I've actually heard young leaders say this before. Well, if I just had more money or if I had what that church has or what that ministry has or what that business has, you, you fill in the blank because I know we've got all sorts of different people listening to this podcast today, not just in, in, in ministry context, but also in secular business world as well. And so the principle still applies here of where what I want to lean into for episode 25 here. But we all, I'm sure at one time or another, have been guilty of making those excuses that if I just had more money, if I just had more resources, if I just had a better facility, we would be able to impact more lives. 
And although this might be partially true in, in some way, shape, or form, I want to encourage and challenge you today in this episode that that isn't everything. Resources aren't the be-all and the end-all to the impact and the significance of your ministry, of your business, or your leadership. So for those listeners today who have been impacted by, by a ministry in significant ways, if, if you're coming to this from a church and faith background, uh, you've grown up in that, uh, if, if you were here in front of me today, I would love to ask you what made that ministry so impactful to you. And if we were to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation or we were to have a bunch of people um, with similar backgrounds in the same room, uh, and I've actually done this before as I've led seminars and breakouts on this topic, this idea, and here's what I found is that most people begin talking about people or leaders and not so much about a building, game, or cool lights or anything like that. But people mention names when you ask that question. What was most impactful? What was most significant? And why that ministry had such incredible impact and significance in your life and helped shaping who you are today. It's always names that go in there. It's not some cool resource. It's not a game. It's not a building. It's usually... The majority of the time, it's a name, it's a person. So what am I saying here? What's kind of the bottom line? And here's what I want you to get more than anything else today. If you miss everything else we talk about from this point on, I want you to get this. And you can shut the podcast off after this if you want. I, I think you'll miss out if you do. So, so please don't. But if you need to go, um, you need to get this. Here's the bottom line. Resources don't impact. People do. Let me say it again. Resources don't impact people do. Now, if you're listening to this podcast today and you have a desire to have maximum impact, but you're significantly limited in the amount of resources you have, I have some great encouraging news for you today. To have maximum impact, you don't need to increase your resources or even your revenues to do so. If you're a business leader listening, you don't need to increase your, your resources or revenues as much as you need to increase your people. You want to have influence. You want to have greater reach, greater impact. You need to increase your people and their capacity to lead. And, and I'm not suggesting for a second that resources are, are, are bad or that they're not needed. There's nothing wrong with having resources. But they don't carry the same weight and significance for making an impact in somebody else's life in the same way that a human being does. Here, here's the deal. Here's the truth. Resources might impress, but it's people that have impact. Resources might impress, but it's people that make an impact in other people's lives. Now, allow me for a second to, to get a little spiritual and give you spiritual context and use a, a biblical context to support this idea. Um, uh, not sure, but if you check out what Jesus did throughout the Gospels, you look in the New Testament, um, you're going to see all kinds of um, people that, that Jesus invested in. He could have used all kinds of crazy resources. Remember, his dad, God the Father, is kind of the owner of it all. He owns cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. I mean, he's got access to all the greatest resources that could ever be created. But what does Jesus decide to use to impact the world? He uses 12 people. He invested everything in his entire life, his entire, every waking moment, even sleeping moments. He invested everything into people. And they, it was they, it was human beings that ended up changing the world and, and starting the early church. 
Now, before you go turning off this podcast, assuming that we're not going to talk about resources at all, because maybe that's why you tuned in today. You saw the title and you're like, oh, maximum impact, minimal resources. Man, that's that's totally where I'm at today. I, I serve, I lead in a rural context. I want to hear more about that. Just relax for a second. Okay, because we're actually going to get to some of that and it's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm going to share with you some some practical ways to do that with with limited resources. But I really want to encourage our listeners today who have very limited resources that incredible impact is actually still possible. This is achievable. This is attainable. Even if you you have what you may think are, are very limited, even minimal, even no resources whatsoever. So what are we supposed to do? Four things uh, I want to briefly chat about, and I'm going to unpack each of them as we go here. The first thing is this. You need to change your view of impact. You need to redefine what impact actually is, what it looks like. Always remember that, that people impact, and it's resources that impress. And we're not in this to impress people. We're in this to impact people. If you're a leader today, it's about influence. It's about impacting their lives. So if that's so, then you need to invest your time, energy, and resources into people more than you do into resources. You really want to have maximum impact? Then stop trying to attract people with your flashy resources alone and start discipling them and preparing them to be missional in the world. Um, Again, this is a bit of a ministry context here today, so forgive me if you're coming at this from a business perspective, but I, I believe the principle still applies. You need to redefine kind of what impact looks like for you. We did an episode back, I think it was episode nine. You can go and listen to it if you haven't already. It's called the three L's of intentional ministry, where we talked about landing zones and launching pads and and, and leadership development and those three L's. Uh, let me give you an illustration of what I mean by kind of changing your view of impact today. I remember back when I was in youth ministry, um, serving at a at a church as a youth pastor, and I had a one of my leaders come to me one night before a youth night, and a significant person who had great influence in our ministry, and in the in his friends and, and the people around him, and I remember him with this major dilemma. He, I could tell it was all over his face when he came into my office that day, and I said, "What's up?" And he said, "Well, I, I have this major decision to make." Uh, there's this school dance coming up this Friday night, and that is when we held youth there each Friday night, and there was a high expectation that people would be committed to it. They would show up regularly, especially uh, my key leaders. And so I remember this this individual sharing with me their heart to to go and help their buddy at this at this school dance, and because he needed some help DJing for the school dance and he was torn because he knew my expectation of being committed to to the ministry and being there um it, yet he really felt like he could have influence and uh and be a great witness to his friend and really help and assist in in this in the school dance that was happening that friday and so i remember and this was l- later on in my youth ministry tenure and so uh, I may have answered this differently if you were to ask me five, six years before this point. But at this point, I kind of changed and already gone through the process of redefining what impact looked like for us in our ministry. And so I remember looking him right in the eyes, and I think he was a little shocked at my response. And I said, dude, you need to go. Go to the dance. Help your buddy DJ the dance. Be there for him. You're going to have so much more impact and influence in that realm, in that sphere, on Friday night than you're going to have by just being here and showing up to our youth ministry on Friday night. 
and I could see his eyes kind of light up and I, and I saw the stress and the anxiety over this just kind of leave as I said that to him. It just released him and freed him uh, of this expectation. And uh, I, I'm telling you that that student, that leader went on to do great and mighty things with his life. He still is to this day and one of the most solid young men I know in his faith. Now, I wouldn't have necessarily said that to every student that came to me with that dilemma, but this guy I knew, I knew his character, I knew I trusted him, and I knew he was going to have great impact and influence by actually going, being launched from our ministry rather than just landing in our ministry. And that's the 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 difference between landing zones and launching pads. We need to be both, not just one or the other. And you can you can get the whole picture of what that's all about, the context of that in episode nine of the Leadership Matters podcast. So number one, change your view, redefine your your view uh, of what impact actually is and what it looks like. The second thing is this: you need to let people in. Let people in. Here's the deal: the level of impact. Your level of impact is directly related to the level of intimacy you're willing to allow. Wow. Let me say that again. The level of impact you have is directly related to the level of intimacy you're willing to allow. Here's the truth. You really want to impact lives? Then open up your own. And so many leaders, for some strange reason, don't get this. And they fail to do this. They fail to let people in. And here's... Here's the myth. Here's here's the tragic myth that I think so many leaders are led to believe. If they let people in, then people won't follow them the same way if you let people too close. I've actually heard leaders say this. Well, I can't let people too close to me. I can't. Uh, and I just think that's false. I, I've just learned in my own life and leadership, the way that my wife and I have tried to, to live and lead our lives is we constantly let people in. And that's actually what I see Jesus doing in, in the New Testament. He let these 12 people that impacted the world, he let them into everything he said, everything he did, the reasons he said the things he did, the why behind things, behind closed doors, he would explain things even deeper to them at deeper levels. This is what he did. And I believe he was one of the best leaders to ever walk the face of this earth was, was Jesus himself. And so he is our example of doing this. And so it's been my story. It's how, what most impacted me. I remember when I was a teenager and growing up in, in church and not necessarily sure if I wanted to continue with this or if this was just going to be my parents' thing, faith. And, and uh, I remember having a youth pastor come and invest in my life and impact, and he let me in. This is exactly what he did for me as a 14, 15-year-old teenager. He let me in. He let me see the ins and outs and he took me under his wing and mentored me and poured into me and he let me into his personal life, his personal space, into his home. And I'm telling you, it, it made the most significant impact in my life as a young teenager and I've just tried to do the exact same thing in turn ever since, since I got into full-time ministry. I've taken that philosophy on for, for myself and for our family and so when we were youth pastoring it wasn't uncommon at all. It was the northern, northern uh, the, the regular sorry rhythm of our lives to, to open up our home every Sunday night for students, for leaders to come over and be a part of our home. And you know what? When anytime we've transitioned and gone to another context of ministry, it's been those moments, those personal in our home moments that people have pointed to and said that's what's impacted the most. It wasn't something I said. It wasn't a message I spoke. It wasn't anything like that. It was the personal moments that they pointed to. 
And even now at a district level, as I, we're now removed from, from week-to-week full-time church ministry, now impacting leaders' lives, we just did this this past weekend. We had 10 leaders in our home sitting in our living room opening up their lives as we've opened up our lives. And, and we were just reading the, the surveys, the evaluation forms that they, those leaders filled out as they left on Saturday night. We were reading those this morning and encouraged by so many of them mentioning the very fact that we opened up our home and let them in. That's what impacted them most about this event. And so I want to encourage you today as a leader, wherever you lead, to not be afraid to let people in. Again, don't believe the lie that just because you let them in, they're not going to listen to you. You're going to lose your impact or your voice in their life or you won't be able to lead them. I actually think you're going to be able to lead them better, not worse, because of your willingness to be vulnerable and let them into your life. I think it's exactly what Generation Z and Millennials are actually looking for. They're looking for leaders who will let them in. So don't be afraid to open up your life. So redefine what impact looks like. Let people in. The third thing is this. We need to be better at dropping the pride. You will continue to have minimal impact until you are okay with not being the celebrity of your own ministry or your own business or your own leadership context. Okay? You don't need to be the superstar. You don't need to be the know-it-all. You don't need to have all the answers all the time. You don't need to be Superman or Superwoman, all right? We need, as leaders, to be continually working ourselves out of a job. We need to be continually looking for things to let go of, not to hold on to, if we want to have incredible impact, significant impact and influence in people's lives, which is what leadership is all about. Maximum impact is really seen and felt when when your fruit Listen to me for a second. Let me give you this. When your fruit actually starts growing on other people's trees, that's when you know you're having significant impact. I'll give you an illustration of that in just a moment. Let me go back to continually working yourself out of a job and letting go of things. Uh, I'll give you two different um, contexts. We, we started in a small, more rural context in full-time youth ministry, and it was a much smaller setting, much much smaller church. And, and so the tendency, and because we were new and we didn't know any better, was to hold on to everything and do everything ourselves. And so my wife and I, kind of we kind of did that without even taking a step back to look at what we were doing and maybe the damage, the potential damage down the road that we were creating by doing this. And so we were kind of the superstars. It wasn't necessarily in a, in a prideful, arrogant way, doing it on purpose because we thought we were better than everyone else. It was just easier because we didn't have the help. And so sometimes you find in smaller contexts, it's just easier to do it yourself because you know how it's going to be done. You know it'll get done and, and you don't have to trust people. And, and so those are some of the excuses we sometimes make for holding on to things ourselves and hoarding responsibilities and power. And then we moved to a, a much larger context in a city. And uh, I, I looked back on that smaller and our start in, in full-time church ministry. And I thought, man, we made some major mistakes. I am not going to make those same mistakes in this larger context now. If this thing is really going to grow, we've got to change our mindset. We've got to drop the pride. And we've got to build this thing on the backs of our leaders that are underneath us. And so that's exactly what we tried to do. It wasn't perfect. We didn't do it without making some mistakes along the way and without learning and growing along the way. But we tried our best to do it a little bit differently than we had done it the first time around. And I'm telling you, to this day, we've been out of that context now for almost five years. 
And to this day, there is there are certain things that we started and culture that we built there that is still thriving and existing today in that youth ministry. You want to know why? Because some of those leaders that were there when we were there that we built uh, the ministry on the backs of are still there to this day, five years later, after we left and are gone. And that's what I believe. That's legacy leadership. I, I believe that is successful leadership, and that's how it should be. And so what are some things in your own personal life and leadership today that you could be letting go of and, and handing off responsibility? You could be not just delegating. I'm not just talking about tasks. I'm talking about handing away power, giving away responsibility, letting other people make some decisions. And, and that's actually how you grow the people around you in their capacity to lead, as we talked about earlier. You need to increase your people, not necessarily your resources or your revenues if you want to have maximum impact. So drop the pride. It's going to be it's going to be very humbling to do that because when people when people look to somebody who impacted their life, they may, it may not be your name anymore. It might be a leader that's underneath you, but that leader was impacted by you. And that's exactly what I mean when I say it's really rewarding when your fruit starts growing on other people's trees. And so we had the opportunity to experience that just it was actually yesterday. I, w- I was in the city of Ottawa and one of our students from from our youth ministry there uh, came into our ministry, got their life on track with Jesus, uh, felt a call into full-time ministry, went off to Bible college, got married, is now youth pastoring in the city and and it's just so exciting to watch. I had the opportunity to actually speak at his youth retreat for his students a couple years ago which was, I, I can't even describe to you how surreal and rewarding that moment was. And then yesterday, got to go and be a part of, of a really cool ceremony where uh, he received his ordination to become a reverend. And I got to actually perform that ceremony. I never would have dreamt five, ten years ago I'd be standing on a platform be, beside one of my, my, my students who would, who would receive a call into full-time ministry, become a pastor, and now being ordained, and I would get to perform that. Like, what a really cool moment. And to see the impact as I looked out in that church yesterday morning and saw the first few rows filled with students that are being impacted by his life and his leadership. And that's what it looks like when your fruit starts growing on other people's trees. But to get there, you've got to drop the pride. You've got to redefine what impact looks like. You've got to let people in, drop the pride. And then the fourth thing that I want to share with you in this episode today is this. Be creative with the resources you have. You see, resources aren't bad. And I don't want anyone leaving or or stop listening. You shut this podcast off thinking that I'm telling you resources are bad or, or they're not important. I'm not saying that at all. They just don't carry near the weight that humans do in effectively impacting other people's lives. But we still need to use what we have before he'll ever, and by he I mean God, before he's ever going to release more resources to us. Or maybe your boss or your supervisor or or your CEO or CFO. Before they're ever going to hand off more resources to you, you got to be faithful with the ones that are currently in front of you. What are you going to do with those ones? This is actually a biblical principle. Faithful in the small things, God will give you greater things. Faithful in the small things, your supervisor, your, your leader, your manager, your CEO is going to give you greater responsibility when, you, when you've shown and proved that you could be faithful with the small things. This is actually found in Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. It's the parable of the talents, and it's all about that very thing, being faithful with the things in front of you. 
And so I want to encourage you with that today, that you will have more and have access to more resources when you're faithful with the ones that are already in front of you. Let me move into just being really super practical here for the next couple minutes. I want to talk to you about some of the things I did. And again, this is coming from a church ministry context, so bear with me if you're a business leader listening into this. Um, I think you'll still get the point of how you can, as I talk about some creative ways, you can be um, uh, diligent and a good steward and accountable with the resources that you already have. And so one of the things we came up with when we were youth pastoring, we called it Spare Change a Life Night. We started this many years ago. God gave me this idea to, to just gather, bring our students together on a, on a youth night. We'd all bring our spare change that we had been saving up for weeks previous. We'd bring it in together. We'd divide it all up, go out in smaller groups, and we just bless people around the, the community outside of the church building that night. And so we went to, we sent groups to like the local gas station, to, over to Tim Hortons to pay for people's coffee as they came up to the register. They'd just pay the bill. So people would fill up their vehicles. They'd say, hey, we want to pay. We want to bless you tonight. And, uh, and so Jesus has changed our life. And so we just want to be generous and kind. We believe that's, a, that's something that Christians should be all about. And so here's, uh, here's the money for your gas tonight. We, we did things like this and just blew, absolutely blew people away. Now, that was able to happen. And that was probably one of the most impactful nights, not just for the people that we were blessing that night out in the community, the random people, um, but it was also most impactful for the students that came. Those were some of our highest attended nights of even community kids coming in, hearing what we were doing. and Everyone wanted to be a part of this thing. Um, even the news one year got a, got a hold of this and, and wrote an article or, uh, about this very thing. And so it, it really started to take off and, and God just blew the doors open as we were faithful and creative with the resources we already have. It didn't cost us a cent out of our budget. Um, yes, it cost us all individually something as we saved up our change and brought it in, but it didn't cost our budget anything. You could do this in a small context with five students. You could do this in a large context with 100 students. It works. It's transferable. You can use it anywhere. It doesn't matter what size of, of church or youth ministry or kids men you're running this can work. And so I encourage you to think about that. It's an idea. Another way we did this that, that cost us peanuts was we sponsored a graduation award. There was a high school in our community that was running their very first graduation ceremony because it was a brand new high school. And so the first year they opened this high school, all they had was grade nines. And the next year, nines and tens. And then, so when they got to their very first year of having grade 12s and having a graduate graduating class. We had a couple students from our youth ministry who were a part of that and uh, sat down with a, with a teacher from that high school and said, hey, we're a local youth ministry and we just want to know how we can serve. How, I'm assuming you're going to be giving away some awards at this graduation ceremony and, and you're going to need to get these awards from somewhere. We'd love to sponsor one. Would you ever be okay with that? You don't have to pay us. You don't have to, to do it. We're not looking for any handouts from this. We're not looking for any promotion. We just want to do this. And obviously they said, yes, they were. Yeah, of course. We called it the kindness award. Um, and, uh, and so I got to, the cool part was I got to show up and present it each year to the graduating student of their choice. 
and uh, got to stand up in their graduation ceremony and hand off this award, which was so cool. And the community members actually started noticing this and asking, what, what's this church all about? What's this youth ministry all about? Why are they doing this? Those are the types of questions you start getting asked. But it cost us $250. That's how much the, the award was, which was peanuts to our overall budget. Uh, it hardly cost us anything at all. You could do that in a small context, in a rural one, contact your local high school. Like these are, these are things that are transferable regardless of how big your context is. Another way uh, the, the doors were open to the community was through a world religions class. This cost us absolutely nothing and was totally driven by students in our youth ministry who were impacted by the youth ministry. They went to school and were just sitting in a world religions class one day. The teacher asked, hey, does anyone have a, a rabbi or a priest or a pastor? Uh, as they went through all the different uh, world religions, they were allowed to get one leader from, from that particular religion to come in and speak to them about their religion. So they got to Christianity. One of our core students raised their hand and she said, hey, could my youth pastor come in and speak? And that's exactly what happened. And I went back six years years in a row after and built a relationship with that with that teacher it actually opened up doors even into other high schools to do the same thing but it cost us absolutely nothing another way we had major impact with minimal resources was through an apprenticeship movement this i got to tell you leaders was a game changer and this can work in your business this can work in any ministry whether you're leading in kids ministry worship ministry small group ministry youth ministry young adult it doesn't matter it's transferable. And here's the deal. Here's what we decided to do one year, that every leader, we made it mandatory. There, there was an expectation on every leader to mentor and help groom and grow another leader. And so that leader was to, was to pick, was to choose one person they saw potential in uh, who would come alongside them. They would mentor them, grow them, let them into their life and, and uh, give away responsibility and empower them and, and, and train them up to be the next generation of leaders. And it became part of our leadership culture as a team where all of us were doing this, on mission doing this. And it was so cool to watch. And that culture is still going in that ministry where we started that to this day, which is so cool. The final area I want to talk about just real quickly is social media. This one cost, again, absolutely nothing. But I think we're living in a day and age when, when one of the biggest opportunities we have as, as leaders is the use of social media. It's because it's where people are. It's where they live. You, you ask people, you know, um, how much time, how much screen time they, they, they use on their phone per day or how much time they spend scrolling through social media, snapping people, Instagram, Facebook, it doesn't matter, TikTok. I mean, it's all being used now and this is where people live. And so what a, it, it's not, it doesn't have to be a negative thing, a bad thing. We might as well use it and leverage it to build the kingdom of God or to build your brand or whatever you're trying to do. And so there are seven com components of brand story. I'm not going to go through those specifically. I just want to, I'm actually going to save that possibly for another entire leadership podcast. Um, but here, here's the thing. Here's a couple things, three key areas of social media. Here's what you're trying to do with your social media. You're trying to get people to like you, you know, or like your business or your organization or whatever. You're, you're trying to then get people to, to know you because they, they can't, you know, like you is at the 
is at the very, very surface level. The next level to, to that is letting them in and them getting to know you. And once you do that, then people, what you're actually trying to get and lead them to is to the place where they trust you. And so that's how social media can be used to your benefit. And it doesn't cost you a cent, but it allows people to like you, to know you, and to begin trusting you before they've maybe ever met you or had a conversation with you, which is so cool. I mean, it lets people into all three of those levels before they've ever met you face to face, which is like, why not use it? It's free. And so there are different ways to optimize your post and, and get into all the nuts and bolts of social media, which we're not going to do that um, today. Like I said, we'll save that for another podcast for the sake of time. Um, so let me wrap this up. So why do any of this? Well, I think I think the main reason is accountability. Because there's no excuse for not impacting lives. you you got to stop, leader, stop letting yourself off the hook just because you have minimal or limited resources. You, you need to stop letting yourself off the hook and using that as an excuse as to why you're not having maximum impact in your context of leadership. Just stop. Because you're never going to grow. You're never going to change. You're never going to... Um, move to to a better future, uh, greater impact, unless you're willing to stop making excuses for yourself. All right, I, I get it. There are some areas where it's just tougher. It's harder because of A, B, and C. I, I understand that. However, I think you're starting to get the idea today that you can still have great impact, incredible impact, even though you might have minimal or limited resources. So there's no excuse for not impacting lives in significant ways just because you have a zero-based budget. You have hardly any revenue coming in. There's still ways to do it. You just got sometimes you got to get a little more creative. You got to you got to talk with with creative people around you. Um, I encourage you maybe a place to start would be to ask your students or your kids, whoever you're leading, um, your customers, if you're in business, whatever the case may be, ask them what would make a great product or what would make the best whatever you deliver, you fill in the blank. Ask them what what would go into making the best that. And then listen and take notes. And and you'll start to hear, I believe, you're going to hear a lot of similar themes and concepts and ideas. And I... Uh, I'm crazy enough to believe that it's going to be a lot more people-related than it is resource-related. So, so check it out. If you don't believe me, you start the legwork, start the studying, the research now, and go out and start asking those questions to your people. Here's what I want to leave you with. You can have maximum impact with minimum resources. Remember, people impact, resources impress. And our job as leaders is not to impress but to impact and influence lives. And that, my friends, does not require resources. I want to I thank you for listening and tuning in today. If you've enjoyed or been impacted by this podcast, why don't you just subscribe to it so you get it every month when we upload a brand new episode. You don't have to wait. You'll just get it directly to wherever you get your podcast from, iTunes, Google, Spotify, you name it. And then if you would do us a favor and just share it, if, if you've enjoyed this and it's been helpful, you're finding these episodes to be helpful to you, why not share it on your social media and get other people directed to it as well so you're not just hoarding the good free resources that are out there, all right? And if you really want to take it a step further and really help us promote this and get this out there, why don't you go and write a review for us? That would be incredible. 
Hey, this has been another matter of leadership in episode 25 that we've talked about today. And the reason we're talking about it is because your leadership really does matter. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.